All right, take us in, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? All right. Wait, who is that? You really? I don't know. Okay, never mind. I'm Please. just trying to find new ways to put different inflections on everything, so it's not always the same. Gotcha, all right. Try to please our listeners. All right, all right. Well, that's the point, right? So <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> listeners are probably like, oh, Lord, again. <laughs> but anyway, so we have sort of a half and half show this week. We got half a theme show. We got half of a show that where we're sort of just talking about movies we've seen, which we, oh, we need to really do a better job of coming up with movies that we both watched. Well, this, was, we, this week was hard because we both went on vacation. Yeah. So blah, yeah. blah, blah. But okay, so it's going to be a half of a theme show. Um, the theme this week, I'm not sure how you'd exactly phrase it. Uh, modern uh, sexploitation with bigger name actresses. It's a long and convoluted. <laughs> I guess if one considers Elizabeth Berkeley a bigger name. Yeah, well, that's where that particular <laughs> description fails. <laughs> so okay, so our so our sexploitation uh, section is going to feature barbed wire, uh, striptease, and uh, showgirls. So we'll do that. You said first. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we'll go into. We also have the second half of the show is uh, movies in t- random trailers and that kind of thing that we just, you know, we've Whatever seen. Whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. You'll I mean, find out. I'm sure we just will. Just hold tight. Yeah, just keep, stay with us here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. What do you want to do first with the sexploitation section? Uh, I don't know. Striptease? Striptease? All right. Yeah, yeah. Another, which for some reason in the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about Armand Asante. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yes. you know, uh, striptease. Okay. When it Didn't first came out, it, or when it was first, when people were talking about it was being made, you know, Demi Moore was, she was studying the strippers. She would go to the strip clubs and all this stuff. Oh, yes, yes. And then it turned out that. She didn't look anything like a stripper when she was stripping, and that was kind of the point of yeah. the owner would get mad at her for not being enough of a quote-unquote stripper. She was dancing to Annie Lennox. She was being a rebel. She was being artistic. Yes. Whatever. But, and, you know, and pe- people were saying <laughs> that when it came out, they were like, this shouldn't be called strip tease. This should just be called tease. <laughs> you know, because there wasn't much nudity in it from Demi Moore. It was supposed to be this big no. deal. I think she might have taken her top off, what, like twice in the movie? Yeah, and yeah. That was about it. Well, and didn't she get to some insane amount of money? $15 million. She became the highest paid woman actor ever up to that point. Has somebody surpassed her? Roberts. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Julie was paid $20 million for a picture. Okay. Well, but still, you got to figure. I mean, we made mention when we did this, the... The swordfish thing about how they paid Halle Berry quarter of a million dollars per boob. You figure fifteen million dollars to to do like two topless scenes. That's a lot more. Yes, but um, Robert Patrick as the uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say earlier. Doesn't Armando Sante have some line at the beginning? Because don't they find like a dead body? He's like of all the lagoons. In all of Florida, you had to wash up in mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was, yeah, something like that. Because him and his son are out fishing or yeah. something. And he's, oh. uh, he's, it's almost like, honestly, I almost thought he was the same character from, from Fatal, Fatal Instinct. Instinct. Yeah. It was like the same guy. and <laughs> He was doing his shtick. Yeah, yeah. And well, in the book, I've read the book and it's, it's vastly different from the movie. Well, Carl, I, I like Carl Hyacin. They're like, if you go to the beach, especially if you go to Florida, take a Carl Hyacin book with you. They're perfect. Oh, they are, yeah. I mean, I, I like Carl Hyacin, but mm-hmm. the book is just so much different. And Well, it's darker. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's funnier, too, honestly. Yeah. Well, it's hard to beat striptease on... I mean, the, the only funny line in that movie is... You go, you get into corn, you set a good example for the other girls. Mm, no. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get into corn. I just never get over that. Yeah, well what was the name of the uh, the name of the strip club? The the busy beaver or the frisky like beaver that. or something? Yeah. It's like, come on. I mean <laughs> strip club It was pretty obvious. Yeah. It, yeah. 
Bucky Beaver or something. I don't remember. Oh, no. But but and then you know it's funny though. There's this one girl in that movie that she has made her living being playing strippers, and she's actually in uh, Showgirls as well. The blonde girl with the short hair, kind oh, of vacant. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, I'm like, she's just like any stripper role comes <laughs> up. Oh, call her. She'll do it. She's a stripper. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm not sure there's much to say about striptease. I did, I did want to note the fact that if you watch St. Elmo's Fire, you also see Demi's tits. True. And they're about an A cup. But oh, if you yeah. watch striptease... They're like a D cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bit of surgery in there. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Well, <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't the story when the second Charlie's Angels movie came out, something like she had had some ridiculous amount of plastic surgery. She had Tommy Tuck. She had her boobs redone. She had her <laughs> lips done. All this stuff. And so it's like she's never shied away from being surgically, yeah. quote, unquote, enhanced. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's a bunch of actresses like that though. If you watch some of their earlier movies and some of their later movies, mm-hmm. for one, Denise Richards, yeah, someone we talked about and who is immortalized with a picture on our one. Well, you know, podcast. I hate to say it, but um, she's like my favorite actress ever, Nicole Kidman. But if you go back and you watch Dead Calm and you watch Australia, it's like you're not really looking at the same person. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, she still looks good, but at the yeah. same time, it's very different. Yeah. She's much more angular in the later <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, and well, in Dead Calm, she's like almost cherubic. She's got these big chunky cheeks and this pouty mouth, yeah. and it's gone ten yeah. years later. Well, and everybody was giving Meg Ryan so much crap because she got so, her, her upper lip for a while. <laughs> looked like somebody had like punched her in it. I know. she's She's had so many collagen injections. But, I mean, like, what did I watch? I think I watched In the Land of Women with her and and, and The Women. So, apparently, she's got a theme with titles. But but she kind of looks plastic these days. Her mouth is really tight. Meg Ryan, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pushes out her lips. Well, we we talked earlier about, and not on the podcast, obviously, but we talked earlier about that sort of subgenre of movies where some actress who had never done a nude scene, decides that to revitalize her career, she's going to do a nude scene. Yeah. And Meg Ryan was one of them. Uh-huh. And there was like, Diane Lane was one. Yeah, well, I don't know that she'd not done a nude scene before, because I think she might have. But yeah, she her big comeback was... Unfaithful. Oh, yes. Which was just boring and... I liked it. It was okay. Although I did, I, I thought the scene where they actually killed... Um, Whatever his name was, the young guy. Isn't it like it's Javier like, Bardem? No, it wasn't. No, but it's a it's a Hispanic guy, um, well, a Spanish guy, let's say. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a little goofy because like they smash him with what the snow globe, and then you just see like a little trickle of blood come down his face, and I was like, eh. seems like it would be hard to kill somebody with a snow globe. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean, you, it would break. Most of them are plastic. Like, you know? Well, that even if it was glass, and you hit somebody, it's like they it would shatter on their head, and they'd be like, "Ow, fucker!" <laughs> they wouldn't I'm die. No, God damn it! <laughs> I don't think they would really die. But, and then there was another one I was thinking of, uh, oh God, Molly Ringwald did that nude scene in some direct-to-video movie, and it was just... Was anybody asking for that? <laughs> I, I didn't think, no, I didn't think so, and, but it was hilarious, and you know, I, 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 I'm a big connoisseur of the late-night HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, Stars movies, whatever, that, and especially if they have somebody who is at one point real famous, mm-hmm. who's trying to sort of come back in some way. Yeah. There was this scene in that movie with Molly Ringwald and I, for the life of me, I could not remember the, the title of this movie if you paid me to. <laughs> but she's, she, the nude scene that she does is, oh, did you spike the level? You didn't? Good job, buddy. Hey. Um, but, uh, the mine's not a beer. Thank you. Yeah, hey. You know, <laughs> I'm the only one here uh, has to be chemically altered to do this. <laughs> but um, she, okay, there's this scene where it's her big nude scene where she's supposed to be having sex with this dude on a boat mm-hmm. and they try to do the simulated sex where they're, you know, they're really grinding on each other and it's supposed to be sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, oh my God, you can so clearly see that she has 
like her underwear on still and she's supposed to be having sex with this dude and you gotta you gotta think of one or two things she's uh, somehow these are supposed to be crotchless underwear or the director had no idea what he was doing <laughs> it was horrible I love that in movies where you can just so totally see I, like that's the weirdest thing to me in like PG-13 sex scenes where like they're fully clothed but under the sheets <laughs> yeah you know like Oh, that would be a you know great sex. So you know you've got three layers of clothes and I've got two. So and then plus we're under the sheets with the <laughs> lights off. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing. There was one other actress I was thinking of. Well, Marissa Tomei, I guess, but she well, did she two different to, ones though. I guess she she made her comeback with in the bedroom, and I can't. I don't think she took her top off in that. But she did in the wrestler apparently. Yeah. But I, which I actually didn't see the wrestler. I still gotta watch it. It's it's uh it's an okay movie, but that's kind of held together just by uh, Mickey Rourke's performance. Like well, he's really good, but the movie is pretty kind of cliched. Yeah, it's funny how many people get these big awards or or they, this big all this publicity and that kind of thing. If there's a really good performance, even if the movie is not that good. Well, that's like uh, the year. What was it? The year before it was the Queen. Where that's essentially like a TV movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's put together and it's shot like a TV movie, but you've got Helen Marin and it who's so good that it makes it a better movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, what? Okay, we've gotten way off track. Yeah, one, yeah we're talking about a, the Queen. Once, <laughs> once again, we've gotten way off track. Okay, but Striptease was a, a very disappointing movie to me. And I remember, did, we, did that come out when we were still working at the movie theater? I think it was just after. Okay, because I remember the people talking about how they had to put, you know, ushers at the doors so that people couldn't sneak in and that kind of thing. Which segueing, <laughs> we had to do when Showgirls came out. Yes, I was working at the theater, and they would not sell me a ticket to strip uh, to Showgirls. So me and my girlfriend at the time, Mindy, had to buy tickets to another th- showing of something else on that side of the theater and walked into Showgirls. Couldn't you just, couldn't you, since you worked there, couldn't you just go walk in and... It, well, we had to get our free tickets. Oh, that's true. Okay. But, yeah, we had okay. to... Anyway. But Showgirls. Uh, wow. Where to start with Showgirls? Um, <laughs> it's a minefield of it, uh, wonderful crapulence. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it surely, surely is. I, I read, and I don't know if this is true, but I read in... Uh, Somebody's book, one of these Hollywood sort of exposés that uh, the, that Paul Verhoeven was uh, getting it on with Elizabeth Berkley, and that's why she got the part. And the producer mm-hmm. was like saying, "No, don't seriously, don't give this part to a girl that you're just having sex with because you regret it." And yeah, maybe I don't know if that's true or I not. Don't, I don't know. I always remember the story, as I recall it, from the special features. Was that she like came in to the audition and like threw off her top and was like, I'm ready, give me the part. And Verhoeven's like, I like her, she's got a lot of energy, I, I think I'll cast her now. You know, well, yeah, and then I well, can't do the Verhoeven accent. <laughs> Who can? But, <laughs> well, that movie is so overly energetic. It's one thing oh. I noticed about that movie right away yeah. is that they try to put so much energy. And Elizabeth Berkeley's always whipping her head around and, you know... And, <laughs> fuck uh, her! Fuck off! Oh. Well, and she's always like, every movement is real jerky and sudden and... <sighs> you know, it's when, all very jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there are so many great lines in that movie. They're so bad, they're great. The, the really creepy director guy... Oh. Uh, I'm erect... Why aren't you erect? Oh, and it's, that's like the sleaziest line in film history. Oh, I think it probably is. And the way he delivered... And if I was the actor, I would just... I would think, you know, I nailed that line, but I'm really sorry that I did. <laughs> like, I nailed it, but I wish I wouldn't have. Yeah. And then... Uh, you know, uh, what's your name? Gina Gershon. I mean, I actually kind of Gina enjoyed Gershon her. Gina Gershon seemed to be the only one who got what the movie actually was, was and kind of played it for camp. This load of crap. Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, 
I've always said this is that I went to see that movie. I think it must have been when I was about. Oh, I had to have been about what eighteen or so. Yeah, seventeen, and, eighteen. Yeah, and if it couldn't, it couldn't hold my interest with that much nudity uh, <laughs> as an eighteen-year-old guy. Then it's a not exactly a great movie. Well, like I, I was gonna say earlier, me, me and my uh, my girlfriend Mindy went to it. And, like, literally it was the us two and, like, a bunch of single guys well-spaced throughout the <laughs> yeah, With a big buffer zone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and all we did was, like, giggle through the entire movie because it was so bad. And everybody was, like, turning around and looking at us like, why are you laughing? I'm trying over here. I'm trying to concentrate over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking my concentration. Well, and just, it, some of it was so ridiculous. I mean... The sex scene in the in the pool. Oh, infamous! That was like this. I mean, that was a joke. Woo! The waves. This is splashing around. What was it? Kyle MacLachlan looks fairly embarrassed to be in that movie. <laughs> I mean, as well he should. With the uh, and I swear to God, that guy looks like a muppet. He's got the big giant chin, and he's got the weird flop hairdo that comes <laughs> poof over to the side, and. He kind of looked in that movie like he was, even in the sex scene, he was supposed to be, you know, really getting it on, and he just was going, oh, God, what am I doing? You know? And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, the, and then the, the, the scene where she goes in to avenge her girlfriend's rape. With the, like, lipstick nipples? That's they, the weirdest scene ever. And she looked like, it, it, and I don't know, she looked like she had put her makeup on with, like, a paint sprayer. <laughs> And she yeah, and she had her like nipples lip uh, lipsticked, and then she what did she do? She like beat the guy with a with a candle holder or something, something like that. Yeah, it was just so ridiculous. And and then oh god, there's so many ridiculous things I want to talk about in this movie. When she pushes Gina Gershon down the steps, uh-huh. and then she goes to see her in the hospital, and uh, Gina Gershon had that real weird sort of quasi southern accent. Well, she'd have, she, it was, she was supposed to be from Texas, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, and she's like, well, don't worry, honey. That's how I got my first starring role, too. <laughs> as she's laid up in the hospital crippled. <laughs> like, oh, don't worry about it. We all do that. I know. There's just so many random, ridiculous moments in that movie. Like, when she first starts on the, the show, I, what, a Goddess? Yeah. Like, they're running around backstage, monkeys loose, monkeys loose. Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's supposed God. to be this sort of semi-slapstick pandemonium. And, I know, and, and it's so, oh. Yeah. Just makes me want to vomit. Well, okay, but it's, it's one of those movies where you can watch it every so often and just be amused by how bad it was. It's true. It's, I mean, we talked about The Glimmer Man. Yeah. And, and. I think that I would actually be able to watch those movies about the same amount. Maybe I could watch it, with, say, once every couple years or so and just go, oh, that's ridiculous. But I honestly, as bad as it is and as ridiculous as it is, I think I'd be able to watch Showgirls a little more often if I had to than The Glimmer Man. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's, it's almost to that so bad it's funny, especially when, you know, when you've got our colleague at Versace. Oh God! For such <laughs> and uh, you know stuff like that. But um, I heard for a while. I haven't heard lately, but that on the coast they were doing that like Rocky Horror with Showgirls. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me honestly. I, I could just see a bunch of queens being in that movie, being like, "It's Versace," you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I could just, I could totally see that. I can't too. But. <laughs> And the thing is, too, is that Vegas is the perfect setting for that type of movie. Yeah. You know, Vegas is just so over the top anyway, that if you're going to make a movie like that, hey, you know what? <laughs> Might as well put it in Vegas. Wouldn't really work with the New York disco scene. No. Well, it's so funny with me that for that movie, because like all of the side characters, except for Gina Gershon, are like taking the movie really seriously. And yeah. they're really playing it like a sugar. It's like this. But then you've got Berkeley, who's just like... Still on Saved by the Bell, but with tits. Well, right, and but I when I when I saw that too, there was a couple of parts of the movie I was I was kind of un, going, wow, that's really dirty. When 
when she humps Kyle McLaughlin in the back room of the strip club and yeah. Gina Gershon is watching doing coke out of her like belt buckle or whatever she's doing. Yeah. And then uh, with the guy, the dan- the quote unquote dance instructor, the black guy with the oh, dreads. Oh god, yes. And she's like, I'm on my period. You don't want to get blood on you, do you? Or whatever. It's like, oh, you know. And then, <laughs> you know what, is, what does he say? He's like, I got towels. Oh, oh come on. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's but just it's a pain. I don't know. It's it's kind. Of, it's it is so bad. It's funny, but I still kind of find it hard to watch. Like I, I don't know that I've seen it all, uh, all the way through since I saw it in the theater. I think that I, I, I like pick up pieces here and there. Yeah. But I never have sat down and watched it again because I can't like contemplate putting my through putting myself through that again. Well, right. But it's become such sort of a cult movie. That they re-released the, the what they released the special edition with yeah it's got like eight commentary tracks and most of them are just by you know like random schmoes who love the movie really and it's, it's got even... it's got the pop up video kind of things where like Bloop. Elizabeth Brickley was on Saved by the Bell you know? <laughs> <laughs> before she dyed her hair blonde and shaved her crotch <laughs> but well but. Oh, Robert Davi. He was the other one. Oh. Him and Gina Gershon were the only ones that seemed to know. That's him. true. Robert Davi got it, I think. <laughs> You're not welcome back. Even if you give me a fucking blowjob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cheetah. Doesn't the cheetah actually exist? Yeah, there's a there's an actual club called the cheetah. Great. Well, and then the the, the fat lady. With the weird, like, Wrong. peekaboo like, bra <laughs> thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Just, I don't know. That movie, it's one of those rare movies where it's kind of so bad it's good, but it's still bad. Yeah. Whereas something like The Glimmer Man, it was just so good it's bad and it's, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. But, well, I think it's partly because Showgirls wanders back and forth from this weird bizarre kind of campy attitude to this kind of serious weird attitude especially with the rape stuff yeah that was that, i mean that rape is intense it, yeah it's just kind of disturbing and it's got you're going why am i really watching this right yeah. now yeah i don't i don't know but it, there's something to be said for the fact that verhoven decided you know what i'm gonna make the trashiest movie ever really yeah, me and it, joe yeah <laughs> you know, and, and that was the perfect pairing to make the trashiest movie ever. Joe Esterhaus and, and Verhoeven? I mean, come on. Well, and somehow I, Verhoeven is so unrepentant about that movie. I mean, I do enjoy that he came to the Razzies and accepted his awards and all that stuff. But he still goes, I think in 10 years people discover that movie and, and, and I, it's a very elegant movie. That's and, a, I, like, oh. I can't believe he used the word elegant to describe that movie. That is the most <laughs> unelegant movie in history. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, even Schindler's List, which was about the slaughter of a million Jews, was more elegant than that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think on that note, we'll move on. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Okay. So now, the uh, one of the... One of the one of the movies that I swear I I love even though it's so bad, and this is going back into the Glimmer Man territory where we'll just call it from now on Glimmer Manish um, <laughs> from any movie like this is Barb Wire. Oh Barb, you know it's so funny because because I always like Pam Anderson. She's kind of got a good energy. I was I was I religiously watched Baywatch when it was on, and I even watched VIP. But she doesn't. One thing I like about Pam Anderson is that she does. Besides, you know, the obvious, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't take herself too seriously. It's almost yeah, she like she has. she knows that she's a caricature of her of herself or women or whatever. But barbed wire, and I think she was going for the whole campy thing, but nobody else really was. I, yeah, it's true. It's it seemed like there there's a. It's like occasionally that movie really gets to a point where you're like, that's great. And then sometimes you're just like, they're a little too serious here. This isn't like legitimate science fiction they're making. Play it up, guys. Yeah, right. Well, it was almost like her her and most of the actors even in that movie, excuse me, were playing it sort of in the camp version of it. Well, but I'm, then the director yeah. was taking it very seriously. That's true. I don't, Who was the director of that movie anyway? 
Uh, fuck, I, I can't remember. It was Nobody, pretty much. Yeah. I think I looked him up after I watched it a while ago, and he's Nobody. Well, I was just thinking that it was like, you, it's almost like if you go back and watch it, you go, okay, the actors kind of get it. Mm-hmm. She gets it. I mean, Udo Kier obviously gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, Udo Kier. <laughs> Going back to all the way to cigarette burns. I mean, that guy, you know, he's the best. <laughs> he's the gayest German ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then who's the who's the bad guy in that? Um, Steve Rails back. Oh, how could I forget Rails back? The but great you, Steve Rails back. You can't say the words Steve Rails back without prefacing it by saying the great. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, I'm going to play off my line. Lots of great Canadian actors in Life Force. <laughs> life Force. <laughs> oh, you know, a- speaking of Life Force, just to digress just a second, I remember seeing Life Force when I was about 10 or something, and it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I have vivid memories of like watching it on Afternoon Channel, you know, 2, which is like KWGN here in... Yeah, if you don't know, it's it's basically the independent, not affiliated with a network. Well, no, it's in the WB not anymore, or something. But, but back then, it was, you know, we just show movies and shitty TV shows. And then we do a newscast once a night. It, <laughs> it looks like the, the, the set of this, the old Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> but whatever, anyway. Um, but the, you get the feeling that most of the people in that movie don't, they know it's crap. Yeah. But except for... Like, the director obviously didn't really think it was crap. He thought he was going for some sort of vision of the whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then also, the one guy I felt in the, as an actor that didn't really get it was the boyfriend of Pam Anderson. Oh, what's his name? Tamir Morrison or whatever? Yeah. The, the, the Kiwi guy? Yeah, was that him? He's, yeah, he's, he's Maori. Yeah, well, he didn't seem to get it. He didn't really seem to get it either. He no, he, he was he was going for it. Man. Yeah, they, he thought they this were. This is making, my first American movie. He thought they were making Henry V or something. Oh. You know? And then I actually watched. I I went to the video store when it came out on video, and I and I saw that because it used to be when there were actually independent video stores, <laughs> there was the one down by my house that would get they would get both the unrated and rated versions of movies. Right. And so I was like, you know the hell with it. If I'm going to watch it, I might as well watch the unrated version. And that scene at the beginning with her on the swing, yeah. it's just interminable. I mean, and it's great, you know what? <laughs> it's, it's great, you know, her, her, you see her boobs and it's awesome and she's under the waterfall and it's very, you know, artistically whatever. But after a while you kind of go, okay, I got it. She's got big boobs and she's got blonde hair. You and- know, it's, that was always what was funny to me about that movie is that, you know, as known for like sex as she is, there's like a couple of half scenes where she shows, it's like always kind of like, people boo tits yeah. gone. Yeah, well, there was the That's one it. scene where she's, she was in the bathtub and you're like, oh, hey, she's going to be naked. But she gets out of the tub, they cut away, she's putting her robe on and you see this like sort of half like little... Half a second flash, and you're like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) This is why I paid to get into this movie. Do you think that anybody really wanted to know the story arc of (laughs) Barb Wire? I remember, I I seems to be a theme on this movie. I was working on the in the theater when that came out, and I always remember going in there to clean it one time after it ended, and there was a guy dead asleep. Like, literally just sitting there head bobbing for like 30 minutes after the movie. And I'm like, wow, it's that bad. (laughs) There's the review right there. The guy is like passed out dead asleep. Came to see Pam Anderson's tits and fell asleep. But see, the thing is, though, is that 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 movie came from a, I think it was a Dark Horse comic book. I've read the comics. And it was supposed, I mean, and in the comic books, it was a regular story. It wasn't just... Well, it was. I mean, in the in the book, she was she was tracking down super villains. Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, because wasn't she supposed to be a bounty hunter in the movie though too? Yeah. But it never really showed her doing much except for except at the very beginning. Yeah, she she and then she was protecting the independence of what the hell was it? Railhead City or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, what, steel, it was, steel Harbor. Steel Harbor. Okay, so whatever. <laughs> the quote-unquote last free city in the United States and all this. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right? And then, you know, the, the best scene in that movie, though, when it comes to uh, sort of unintentional comedy. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm laughing. I had a laugh just thinking about it. When there was the flashback to where she goes. Oh, God. And she's wearing the army kit. Oh, She's wearing God. the army helmet and her blonde hair sticking out. It's like, hey, it's army Barbie. <laughs> And she's got full makeup on. The blonde hair is flowing out of the army helmet. And she's supposed to be this tough chick. And she's trying to drag her her boyfriend or whatever the hell he is back to the the chopper. And it's supposed to be. And it's like it's supposed to be this sort of dramatic scene. And you're going really okay, U.S. Army Barbie. That was so funny. I remember just watching that and just cracking up. I mean, is anybody supposed to take this at all seriously? <laughs> no. I always love that they like they like didn't play any games with some of their characters. Like they had that one villain, the mafiosa guy, who was just named Big Fatso, and he was really fat. <laughs> and he, they had to cart him around and like the what was it the. It was like almost like a wheelbarrow almost or something. Well, no, it was like one of those big uh, shovel trucks. Oh right, like the the almost like a bulldozer, like yeah, front yeah, yeah. loader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> his name was Big Fatso. I'm like, oh well, that's subtle. That well, that, that's either, that's either really lazy screenwriting or or very clever screenwriting because you know, yeah, it, it's like that's when they name the guy that has the glasses Specs or whatever, you know. Yeah, but it's so funny though too at the end. Because it's actually a pretty good scene when they get up on the on the lift and they're you know in the harbor and everything and they're and Steve Railsback's fighting barbed wire, but it's ruined by the fact that you can blatantly tell that it's a man with a blonde wig on and <laughs> some other dude with like a little cap on. It's like, hmm, I don't think that's Pam Anderson, and that doesn't really look like Steve Railsback. <laughs> Pam Anderson isn't built like a linebacker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that was always sort of, and again, going back to some of the stuff that we talked about with the Glimmer Man, it's uh, one of my, my, one of my pet peeves with, with action movies like that is that when you can just so blatantly tell that the stunt doubles are not even close to the (laughs) actors. And you know, a movie I think still has one of the bet does one of the best jobs of Making that not as obvious at all, matching the stunt double to the actual actor, What's that? is true lies. Yeah, because I always remember that scene when they're running down the mountain and he, they got the guys on the snowmobiles and the skiers and everything else. Yeah, I guess it's not. I mean, I it's obvious that it's not Arnold, but it's not like take you out of the scene, not Arnold. Yeah, but, it, but, it's but not, in that, in, well, I don't. We should in that movie, like they have one of the best ones that's not a special effect where they actually hang Jamie Lee Curtis outside of a helicopter. Yeah, well... With an explosion under her. Yeah, well... It's pretty it, great. It is, it is, but, <laughs> but, but you know, what you were talking about, it was, it was always one of my pet peeves where you're going, Dad is so... I mean, can you please at least get a guy that's at least approximately the same <laughs> size as the person he's doubling... Well, it's like the modern variation of that is when they have a stunt double and then they CGI the guy, you know, Brad Pitt's face. Oh, that's on terrible. On the stunt double and you're like, but it's kind of leaping around in the wrong place and you're like, oh God. I would rather... Just put, you know, hide, put a big hat on him. That's something better than watching him like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would... wander around on the screen. I would rather see somebody who they try to use even prosthetics or makeup or something to look more like him... Then the the but without the CGI is just for whatever reason as much as they can do a CGI for some reason they just can't get that right. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know why. And but there's actually another Cameron movie, Terminator Two. There's that slow mo shot where Schwarzenegger and uh, Edward Furlong are coming off the side of the canal thing, uh-huh. and you can tell it's not Arnold, but they did a, they did. They, you can tell they also took a, a while to try and make the guy made yeah. up like Arnold. Uh-huh. And I only appreciate that even more than just trying to put somebody... The problem with that scene, though, is that the guy they got to play Edward Furlong really doesn't look like Edward Furlong if you watch the scene. It's like, Arnold looks good, but that's like a 12-year-old girl. 
<laughs> Edward Furlong is a 12-year-old girl, isn't he? Oh. Even still. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's what we're going to do. We, we've, we've done... The, is there anything else you want to say about barbed wire? I think we've covered it. I think so, too. I, I appreciate the fact that for a while they tried to... This is going to be my closing argument here. Okay. But I, I, uh, I, I appreciate for a while that, that they tried to sort of do the... Re- resurrect the... the sexploitation quote-unquote movie with actresses who were willing to say you know look guys are guys you know and maybe I have a you know I work hard for my body and blah 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 and put it in a movie but if they had made some better movies some movies that actually made a little sense or weren't so bad or whatever (laughs) that you know that might be oh I just hit got hit by lightning the one that the one that I forgot was uh and it wasn't a sexploitation movie at all, but it was a scene that actually sort of got it right was in Monster's Ball with Halle Berry. That was yeah. an explicit scene, but it actually made sense in the movie. Well, sure, because it was... Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> my point was, my point was is that if they would have made some better movies, maybe that genre wouldn't have kind of crapped out. And... Well, yeah, I mean, they, but it's, they, they always try to bring something back when they shouldn't, you know, it's like, sometimes you just lose the ability to make those movies good, or they've been done so many times good before that you really have, you know, all those, the possibilities have been used kind of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like with the erotic thriller, you can't really do any of those anymore. No, I mean, and every once in a while they'll try and do one, something like Unfaithful or whatever, but yeah. I think that genre has been pretty much exhausted. Maybe we'll see in 10 years, though, that genre come yeah. back because the Western was gone forever. And the disaster movie as well. Right. So, hope, you know, hopefully we'll see some more naked women on screen. That's what, <laughs> I, that's what I hope for. That's the straight man's opinion tonight. Hey, you know what? I'm all about it. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to split this podcast. We're going to go do the smoke break. We're going to come back and we're going to go completely away from the sexploitation stuff I'm going to go take a cold shower, and we'll be right back. (laughs) We're back. All right. All right. So here's what we're going to do. This is the second half of this particular podcast, which we have a couple of of new, uh, I guess, segments that we could do. Okay. Um, We'll do the first one, which is... And this is this is already a segment. We just haven't made... We haven't just named it yet. Yeah. Uh, Movies that... Similar movies... That we haven't seen the same one, but they're similar. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like last week, they shared the same name, but not the same movie. This week, they share the same plot. Yes. But they're different. One's 30 years older than the other. They're different versions of basically the same movie. Yes. Okay, so this week's movies that we almost saw together. That's what we'll call it. That's what we'll call it. Okay. Movies that we almost saw together was... uh, This this week's going to be... The Taking of Pelham, one, two, three, which was originally a book, uh-huh. which was made into a movie in 76, like yeah, that. and then which was just then remade into a new movie just this year that's still out in the theaters, they, second they, run theaters. Yeah, yeah, second run. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Since you saw the older version first, you'll go first, and then I'll do the next one. We'll go in chronological order. Okay. All right. So the original Taking a Pelham 123 has Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw from Jaws, and um, uh, who else? I think they're the two main ones. Uh, Walter Matthau is the transit cop, and uh, Robert Shaw's the villain. Right, and who did I say that I thought it was? Uh, when I was trying to remember who the villain was, I say Carl Malden. Yes, he's <laughs> like some chubby guy. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a great movie. It's like height of seventies uh, kind of destructiveness. It's real grim. Everything's kind of messy, and it looks ugly. it's like dirty and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Shaw's the best as the villain. He's so calm, and you know, eh, Mister Blue. You've got to do that right now, kind of thing. Well, that's what, like, what you mentioned before, is that that was the, uh, that was the genesis of naming your henchmen by colors that they that, used that in... That Quentin Tarantino did in Reservoir Dogs. Right, so That's right. where he got it. Um, but it's a really, uh, for as, as kind of action-y as it is, and it, you know, it's pretty tense, there's a lot of comedy in it. Really? Because you've got this, like, one of the storylines 
is, is the mayor of New York is having to agree to all their demands and everything, and the city's broke, and the mayor has the flu, and he doesn't want to get out of bed to deal with it and stuff. So that's, it's funny, and then Walter Matthau, of course, is always funny. <laughs> the, the opening scene is of him uh, taking all these Japanese uh, transit guys on a tour of the transit agency, and he, he's like, oh, this is this, this is this, you have no idea what I'm saying, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> nice. And at the end, you know, I mean, he's just cracking jokes and fairly racist jokes. And at the end, they're like, oh, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> so it's sort of a racist joke to top off the racist, racist exactly. jokes. Nice. But no, it's a, it's a great movie, and it's got one of the best soundtracks in history. It's so pounding. You've got to see it, if just for the soundtrack. All right, all right. So now we'll do the... The modern version of the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, which stars uh, John Travolta and Denzel Washington, done by Tony Scott Woo. and written by Brian Helgeland. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> the writer of what? Payback. Payback, and something else. And I'm, I know that he wrote another movie that I'm was pretty, pretty sure good. he's directed a couple movies too. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I didn't do my research as usual, <laughs> but um, it was really good. I really liked it, and it's funny that you mentioned too that uh, Robert Shaw was this real sort of calm, stoic kind of guy, because in the new version, John Travolta is the villain, and he is just he's just a lunatic. He's just manic, and and the thing is that he's he's constantly just freaking out. He. Uh, he somehow gets this attachment to what happens is he takes over this this subway car, and um, he he calls in to the transit center mm-hmm. using the radio that the engineers or drivers or whatever the hell they call them they have some word for motorman I think is what they call yes that's um, it's the same in the original okay so he calls in on the radio and he gets Denzel Washington who is. He has been demoted due to some unknown scandal. And he was one of the directors of the transit agency or something like that. Of course. And so he's working the sort of the desk, the grunt desk, whatever. He gets he gets the call, he's talking to him, and he's sort of and you know, he's taking all his demands and everything else. And so for some reason Denzel Washington's boss just hates him. And I think it's because of this unknown scandal. Yeah, well, see, I, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but it goes back to my point of uh, several weeks ago, where in the in this day and age, Hollywood can't make a movie unless the star has a redemptive story arc. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, there's always got to be so. I've got to grow in the picture, and so they always, they always have these guys but, who used to be like the president who are now working at McDonald's. And they've got to come back, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but I, okay, and I understand what you mean, but in this particular movie, there's, I mean, there is somewhat of a redemptive arc in it. Yeah. But the original scandal, which you do find out about, that doesn't get really resolved in the movie. Well, yeah, but he, but uh, I, I'm assuming that by the end, he's like regained their respect. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But so anyway, John Travolta, he, he takes over this train, he calls him up and... He freaks out when they tell Denzel Washington to go home and this hostage negotiator played by John Turturro <laughs> in an extremely, extremely restrained performance, <laughs> which was good. Yeah. You know, uh, he, they, then John Travolta's, t- tr- John Turturro talks to John Travolta and he's like, bring back, I don't remember, Denzel Washington, bring him back, bring him back. I swear to God, I'm going to kill somebody if you don't bring him back. And so they have to run out to catch him and whatever. And so they have this sort of, uh, you know, this relationship over the radio. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's good. I really liked it. And uh, it's, a, it's Tony Scott at his most restrained he's been in, good God, <laughs> 15 years. Yeah. And you can tell there's certain parts of it you can tell as Tony Scott. And, you know, he tries to put in these sort of effects and stuff like that. But it's really, really restrained. Yeah. And, by the way, has one of the best car crashes in it I have ever seen. Really? Yes. It is amazing. 
<laughs> it's a, better than Jade. For me, oh. Jade has the best car crashes. Oh, you know what? No, it's actually thinking about Jade. Thinking just quickly going back. No, this car crash in it, where what it is is this. There's this cop car that's taking the money for the hostages uh-huh. to the train station. Yeah, it's the same in the original. Okay, yeah, this car crash is amazing. You wouldn't believe it. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm not. I, from you, from yeah. action maestro Amos, that's I high praise. It is. It's great. It's it's just one of these ones where it doesn't. It's not one of these over to well. Oh look, they crashed into a gas truck and then it blew down <laughs> the side of the building. You know, and whatever. You know, sometimes speaking of Tony Scott, he had one car crash that was just was one of those ones where you could see uh, in an enemy of the state. When they're chasing uh, Gene Hackman and him down the railroad tracks, yeah, and the like Bronco flips over, you can see the like power bar or whatever. Or, yeah, the, the, you can the, see all the, the smoke coming out of it as the, it flips over. The steam that busts it up. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. Dark Knight did that with in the scene where the where the semi truck flips over. You yeah. can completely see that big old jet coming out of the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And you think, come on, you know, you can CGI that. <laughs> Airbrush! You know, you got the budget, it's the dark night, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but no, it's it's actually a really, really good car crash, and it's a good movie. And I think that uh, John Travolta, even though he's so... I mean, and he's over the top, which he tends he's to do. He's always over the top. But he actually, they use that over-the-topness, whatever you want to call it, to his... To his uh, it, uh, favor advantage. advantage. Thank you. <laughs> Good God, <laughs> I'm completely out of it, Phil. You're gonna have to carry it from here on out. I'm gonna go, you know, <laughs> take some smelling salts or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good movie. I would actually very highly recommend it. So anybody out there in podcast, Bill is gonna should watch both. And I'm gonna actually watch the the earlier one, and you should watch the newer one. Because, I will when it comes out. Yeah. You know, but uh, hey, you know, I don't know when that is. True, true. Okay, so that's uh, that's our that's our movies we haven't seen together section. Movies we almost saw together. Yeah, that almost was like, yeah, you yeah, gotta okay. remember these things. Damn it! I'm Five minutes ago. So over the freaking... Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget how long we can just talk. <laughs> um, Trust me, our listeners don't. Oh, geez. God, right? All right, so okay, we're going to go now into the feedback section, which... Jesus, Lord in heaven, we actually have some feedback. <laughs> the clouds parted. I think, uh, the, the gods have smiled upon us and we have some feedback. Woo! Okay, so the first one we're going to do is a movie that was suggested to me by a listener, uh-huh. uh, which was the immortal, immortal movie, Hackers. Ooh. And this was the, the and I, got, I actually got the, the reason that this was suggested to us was that on the the podcast where we did Swordfish, uh-huh. we mentioned that it's really hard to make typing on a computer exciting or whatever. Yeah. And the feedback was, is that, that the, the listener told me that's one of the movies where, A, they tried the hardest to make it look exciting. Well, they, in that movie, they, they include all those special effects to make, like, the web come to, you know, a yeah. world of its own with all the flashing lights. and Right, exactly. Yeah. And that was one of the points that he made. Another point was, is that for the, at the time, that was actually sort of an, I don't want to say advanced, but it was sort of forward-looking in that that was one of the first movies that sort of took advantage of the whole internet and... Well, yeah, except if you go watch it, they're like, I've got a 56K modem, man. Right, and you're well, like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have that a hasn't aged well. No, but no, <laughs> no movie like that is going to age well. True. But that's not really the point. The point is, is that they did so much to try and make... I mean, so much of the movie is just them typing and all that stuff. Yeah. And you, you have to say that there are, <laughs> we have not... We have had conversations well, about... Okay, come on. and uh, <laughs> They just... Throw Parker Stevens like off the deep end. Come on! Come at me! Come at me! You're like, oh god, Parker. Yeah, no. Rocco, oh my god, I am going to take away all your toys. (laughs) You (laughs) take care of this situation. (laughs) Where are you, the plague? (laughs) No, and and, okay. There's so much to love in that movie. It's like Johnny Lee Miller 
uh, what happened to him, you know? And he was married. He got married to Angelina Jolie, who was in that movie, looking very weird. Well, yeah, Angelina looked a lot different when she was young. I mean, she was fresh off of Foxfire, her lesbian kind of picture with the, all the young chicks. Yeah. That was like her next movie, and she still had the short hair, and it was like not working for her. Well, and they tried so hard to make the the hacker. Uh, social scene look very cool with everybody wearing rollerblades and they go to the, the weird club where they have like the half pipe in it. Isn't and Matthew Lillard in yep, that movie? With the weird ass long oh, hair that's like in yeah. braids. Uh-huh. And, and you know who else is in that movie? Is uh, He only goes by one name now. Rinoli. The guy that was in uh, Con Air as the real uh, the gay uh Hispanic looking, real small guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's in that. And uh, the guy that plays this sort of the younger kid that gets thrown in jail at one point in the movie. Isn't it like Jesse Bradshaw? Somebody like that. But a bunch of those people in that movie. One are to be a little more famous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even. Um, well, J- Johnny Lee Miller, I mean, I think most people will remember him from Train Spotting. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, he he had a few movies, you know, Plunkett and McLean, anybody? But uh, <laughs> <Yeah. of course. laughs> I'm sure that tons of people are going to remember that one. <laughs> it calls to mind so much. Well, like the Brothers Grimm, I guess, right? Uh, which, I don't know. Anyway, um, but, uh, and then of course he was on that show last season on ABC. Yeah. Yeah, well, but the thing is, is that when I was younger, I really liked that movie. I mean, maybe it was because I kind of was in the internet and all that stuff. And it came out right as sort of the internet was becoming more well-known. It yeah. was right at the very sort of beginning of it. Yeah. And uh, what, who, what's the guy's name that directed it? And he's an English guy. Uh, uh, it starts with an I. Ian... Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Ian something around. He also did, like, The Wings of the Dove. He's, like, really eclectic as a director. Right, right. Well, but, I mean, going back to the point of trying to make typing on the internet or typing on your computer look cool, uh, they did so many little effects in that to try and make it look cool. Like, when they were all in in Grand Central Station in the phone booths with their computers hooked up... They would have that weird effect where it was like a phone booth and the camera would just spin around it yeah. and it was spinning the opposite way and you're going and yeah you know I, but, then, <laughs> but then I mean it, they were trying because that was one of the first movies to try really try and tackle like how do you make the computer exciting exactly but and, and they I mean as as Swordfish did they went over the top with it sure sure but you got to appreciate the fact that they were really trying because even then. <laughs> The, the, I'm sure that the guy went, God, you know, this is just a bunch of people typing, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, we got to do something here. And then when, and then even when on the laptop, they would be typing and then the screen would just come up with all the, the swirling little mathematical symbols and yeah. stuff. So when has that ever happened in the <laughs> history of the internet? When on your Commodore 64 did that happen? Right. And then they were spray painting their laptops and, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean... I liked that movie. I think mostly because I, 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 I the the most memorable thing I ever got out of that movie was the soundtrack. Was very techno. Yes, and, it was. And then, well, oh, I, I, the two characters I just loved the most were those two Japanese guys. Remember? I don't remember? They, they, they had the TV show, the sort of underground. Oh TV yeah, show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were funny, and they had the when uh, Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie <laughs> went to go try and talk to him in the club and they had that remote control robotic arm that had the gun on the end of it and Johnny Lee Miller squeals like a little girl he's like yeah and the, it, it goes click and it, the flame comes out like it's a lighter and, yeah. and Angelina Jolie's like what's wrong with you you know and then the cool thing then too was that they all had the pagers but they weren't the old school pagers with the screen at the top they were the new school ones that had the screen on the side oh yeah I remember having pagers. Yeah, no, I had a pager, and my dad got mad at me because he told me that only drug dealers needed pagers. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, you know, hackers, come on. 
I liked it. For its time, it was okay. It has not aged well. And I'm sorry, but Parker Stevens and Lorraine Bracco should have been put in acting hell for that movie. Oh my god, I know. And I mean, Lorraine Bracco, she's normally not great, but that is like the most wooden performance she ever gave. I know. It was ridiculous how bad it was. But do you know, one of the weirdest cameos in the world was in that movie. Penn, uh, from, from Penn and Teller. As the technician at the big computer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I was like, "What is he doing in there?" <laughs> and then, and then uh, Parker Stevens with the, the weird thing would come up where, and Lorraine Bracco was freaking out like, "Flu shot, rabbit! What does this mean?" And he'd be like, uh, and, "And they would come up and be like, I need a cookie, I need a cookie,' and he'd be like, "What do I do?" He says, "Type cookie, you moron!' And well, okay, that's the most <laughs> obvious thing in the entire world." <laughs> The most popular password is God. God or sex or something. Oh, well, but you know, and then again, we're talking about weird little cameos. The English guy, you know where there's that whole montage scene where they're uniting the hackers around the right. world? The English guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is the director. Hmm. That'd which, be an interesting thing to look up. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I think it is. But, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. We're getting into minutia here about hackers. Minutia. About and hackers. Any other feedback? Any other recommendation? Um, we had a recommendation that we, we can't do yet because neither of us neither of us have seen it. We had a re- recommendation to do Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, great. Everybody yeah. can use a little Kevin James every now and again. There's no such thing as a little Kevin James. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> But we did get it. We did get a feedback. This is the email feedback. We finally got a fucking email. Hey! Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. If I, I had, you know, like a sound effect of, you know, New Year's Eve, I'd play it now. Yeah, either that or the, yeah, yeah, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. But we got we got an email feedback, which was <laughs> basically remember when I said before that our feedback should basically be you guys are stupid and whatever. <laughs> um, we got a feedback. From a listener uh-huh. that said we got, I said, it was very specific, that I said Jeremy Quinto uh-huh. when we were talking about Star Trek and Spock, and it's actually Zachary Quinto. Oh my God, Amos. I know, right? Unforgivable. But hey, you know what? It's feedback. I don't care. <laughs> I, I will take it. <laughs> and isn't it Quinto? I don't know. I'm sure we'll get feedback about I'm pronouncing it wrong. (laughs) But Spock, that guy's name. I said Jeremy. I meant Zachary. So for the reader, reader, listener, (laughs) who fed back. Who's typing the transcripts of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you can get us, if you can get us a transcript, that would be awesome. What? What were the shows yeah. that used to do, oh, like the news used to be like, if you'd like a transcript of this show, please call one yeah. Well, but then did you ever see the, uh, the joke on Saturday Night Live about that when they oh. weekend update? I can't remember, I cannot remember who it was, but he was like, uh, oh, it was, um, Kevin Nealon. Uh-huh. He goes, if you'd like a transcript of our, our program, write everything I'd say down. <laughs> <laughs> That's our advice to you, exactly, reader. listener. Uh, good see, Lord, now you're doing it. <laughs> God. All right. Well, you know what? This uh, this podcast probably needs to end. We. I don't know. Is there <laughs> anything else you want to say about any of these movies? They sucked. Pretty much all of them did. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much all of them were not good movies. <laughs> well, at least the first half. The second half, we both liked our one. That's true. That's true. You know what? We need to sometime do a, a podcast on movies that. Don't totally suck. <laughs> but the ones that suck are more fun to talk about. That's very true. I mean, how That's many times true. can you say, oh, that was really good? And then really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> that, what's funny about that? I know. Jeez. <laughs> Agreement? Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw this out there. If any of the listeners out there, which I know that we're actually getting some more. Because Ooh. I'm getting some feedback. And we're, getting, we're slowly picking up some listeners hey, here. It's only taken uh, eight it's, right? it's, only, it's only been two months. Right. But, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. And this is just a suggestion for a theme show again. Ooh. <clears throat> Which would be, you, you obviously remember when me and you went on that kick where we were going to watch all the horror 
series, series in a row. Yeah. Okay. And we have a lot. We could do just that, and we would be fine. True. But, but okay. So if there's any series out there that any of the listeners think that we should watch, we'll do it, and me and we'll do it. If and and if we've already seen them, then that's fine. Uh, you know, we'll do them then on yeah. the podcast, which we've seen a bunch of them. So, it, you know, if there's ones that we <laughs> haven't seen, then if fine. If there's something that you're like, you've got to watch Night of the Demons, we've seen them. Yeah. Or if you want to, if you're saying, you, which, why haven't we talked about Night of the Demons 2, man? Let's do it right now. Woo! We got another 15 minutes until people tune out. <laughs> um, okay, Night of the Demons 2. Best fucking movie ever. Ever. I will brook no dissension (laughs) on this. Sister Gloria rocks. Sister Gloria. Okay, just to give you a little background out there in podcast land, Night of the Demons 2 was a sequel to, obviously, Night of the Demons, which really didn't have much to do with it. There was this possessed something or other, this possessed... There was like a demon that got itself into a... Like a girl's body on like prom night or whatever. They went into some haunted house and... Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So, but then... In the sequel, yeah, in the first one they broke into the haunted house and there was a demon there. And like Laura, them. I think yeah. her name is Laura. Yeah, yeah. But in the second one, uh, the kids go back to the haunted house because they're like, "Ooh, you know, yeah. there's the haunted house. Oh, we gotta go in there." And so they go in there. But they're, they're all from a Catholic school. Yeah, that happens to be like right down the street. Yeah, exactly. There's a haunted <laughs> house, and then the next lot down is the Catholic school. So they <laughs> go there and they party and they have some beers and all this stuff. Then the demon. Gets into some sort of it's like a lipstick tube or yes. something. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the thing is, is that supposedly the demon can't move over running water, and there's a ditch all the way around the house that has the running water. But if it gets taken out in an object, you can get out. So, hey, so there's always a loophole. So gets to the Catholic school, and then there then goes on to wreak havoc. Yes, and the sister Gloria. <laughs> greatest character in movie history. <laughs> I literally have said that I'm naming my production company once I start one. It's going to be called Sister Gloria Productions. Exactly. And um, she's played by the mom from Heather's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. the one, it, you too. Right. And she has all these perfect lines. Uh, you know, the kids are dancing at the Catholic school dance and she comes in with Leave her ruler. With, Leave a little room for the Holy Ghost. Right. She has her yardstick and she smacks it between them. <laughs> pulls them away from each other. Leave a little room for the Holy Ghost. And so, okay, so then the demon gets out of control and kills a bunch of people. And there's that really weird, creepy-ass scene where the dark-haired girl, uh, she's going to, like, she gets possessed, but her boyfriend doesn't know it. Right. And they're going to do it, and, like, the hands come out of her boobs. Yeah, and That yeah. was just weird. <laughs> so, anyway, the demon goes berserk. Starts killing everybody, and Sister Gloria's like, I'll take care of it. And she starts swinging her rosary beads. Like, a, like, like Indiana Jones with the yeah. rosary, right? And so, best. and so she goes to fight the demon. And the demon <laughs> cuts, cuts her, her head off. off! And so you're like, oh, Sister but Gloria. Then, with like accompanying sound effect, it pops back on somehow. Like, with the sound effect I, that is literally straight up like Bugs Bunny. I know, it's like, it's like pop! It's like, <laughs> boink. And uh, I just remember, and this is the best reaction I've ever had in a movie in my life. I just, we're watching it and, you know, I just, what was it I said? I was like. She gave her a new head. God said, gave her a new head. I said, Jesus gave her a new head. And she just gets up like, oh, you can't stop me like that. You can't cut my head off and expect me to die. And. And then so Sister Gloria proceeds to just want the shit out of this demon and just, oh God, we could go on forever about this. But It should be seen, like Night of the Demons 1 and Night of the Demons 3 are crap, but Night of the Demons 2 is uh, is well into so bad it's good. Oh, it's it's beyond. It's like so bad it's amazing. But it also kind of treats the story like a comedy. Oh, it does. And it's got, what's her name? Ben Stiller's wife. Christine. That's right. Chris, uh, Christine Taylor. Taylor. Right? I was going to say Thompson, but yeah. But yeah, and it's, uh, it's obviously it has, you know, uh, Winona Ryder's mom from Heather's. <laughs> and, and it's got, there's somebody else. The, okay, this is a really minor 
character, but in the movie, there's the guy with the the sort of punk guy with the real curly hair. Yeah, he was in something that I, I think saw there were a couple on. of them that were in like something else. Well, you and know, then people like Johnny Galecki or somebody, somebody like yeah, that is in this show. Yeah, but no, I mean that movie. It just everything about it is so ridiculous. When when the demon comes out of the lipstick tube. And all it is is that the lipstick tube is laying on the carpet and that tongue starts to come out of it and it gets to be about 15 feet long. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just see the dry ice just floating up around <laughs> it, you know. So, it's a great movie. Oh, God. So, okay. It's just, I could probably do an, another podcast just about that. But we'll, we'll leave it off from here. Um, if you have any suggestions, that's going to be our next theme show, I think. Might not be next week. We'll get some suggestions. We'll figure it out amongst ourselves. And, you know, Sister Gloria will continue to womp ass in the name of the Lord. <laughs> and uh, so as should we all. As, exactly. As should you out there in podcast world. But, um, yeah, that if there's any uh, horror movie series that we should see, because do you think we should give them the ones we've seen? No, just let no. us know what you want us to talk about. All right, all right. If and you think we really need to see all the prom nights, you let us know. Exactly. Because prom night two, hello, Mary Lou, can be seen <laughs> by everybody. <laughs> Sleepaway camp three, we'll do it. She's the boy. I oh, and you know what, though? Oh, I thought of this. I, did, I forgot to tell you this. That line from Sleepaway camp, she's the boy. Yeah. Exactly the same line in Soap Dish. It is, isn't it? She's a boy. <laughs> I never realized that until we <laughs> talked about it. <laughs> oh, God, the world's a very small place. <laughs> it is. Okay, so those suggestions should be either sent to my phone because of half these listeners have my cell phone number <laughs> or uh, to canyoufbi at gmail.com. Set, don't be shy, people. Come on. Let us know you're out there. Exactly. We know you're out there. You're downloading. I see the stats. There you're out there. So <laughs> Somebody's out there. Somebody's out there. Okay, Phil, take us out. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Bye-bye.